Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend yeah. of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> I'll say for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. Welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. And this is part two of Dogma. And we are going to jump right in because we got a lot of movie to discuss. Uh, we last left off with our heroes uh jay and silent bob along with bethany now we catch back up with loki and bartleby and they are buying a gun from a clerk a literal clerk uh. for their mission to kill them <laughs> the movie idolaters now this is the second appearance of a clerk we saw brian o'halloran earlier yep. in the film as the uh reporter yes and uh we'll see him again don't worry we'll get some more o'halloran in our lives um but we meet up with his uh better half and uh, he's he's actually working behind the counter selling the gun. I really hope he ordered that puppy dog uh, gun. <laughs> puppy dog. The puppy dog goes to the park. What was it again? The movie from the first from Clerks. Oh, geez. You're really testing my memory. Holy shit. The one the lady yeah, comes in asking for. It's like the puppy mm-hmm. dog, the happy puppy or something like that. And then he lists mm-hmm. all of the fucking porns he's getting, <laughs> including my favorite, big black dicks with pearly white cum. <laughs> yep. 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 That's. <laughs> That's something that Kevin Smith writing that's just, you know, mm-hmm. he's away with words. Yes, he does. Um, I have a clip for you. Surprise, surprise. And uh-huh. it is a, a little snippet of that scene. We call this piece the fecalator. One look at it and the target shits him or herself. Try it on. I mean, it's a lot more compact than the flaming sword, but it's not nearly as impressive. It doesn't have that wrath of the almighty edge to it. And how am I supposed to strike fear into the hearts of the wicked with this thing? Look at this. Well, then, you know, don't use a gun. Lay the place to waste, like. Yeah, but easy for you to say. You get off light and raising. You get to stand there and read at Sodom and Gomorrah. I had to do all the work. What work? 
did you do? You lit a few fires. I rained down sulfur, man. There's a subtle difference. Oh, okay, I'm sure. Hey, you know what? Fuck you, man. Any moron with a pack of matches can set a fire. Raining down sulfur is like an endurance trial. Mass genocide is the most exhausting activity one can engage in, next to soccer. I'll take this one. <laughs> next to soccer. <laughs> That's I, so fucking good. He, he is also one of my favorite Kevin Smith uh, recurring uh, character actors. Yeah, dude, I was I was so happy to see him come back for Clerks Three. Yeah, uh, you know, because for a while there, he wasn't really wanting to be involved mm-hmm. with it. There was a whole lot of back and forth with that. So, well, Randall's uh, my second favorite Kevin Smith USQ universe character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well, he's your comic relief. He's you know, he's it, it goes Brody wit. than him. Like right, he's right after Brody. Yeah, I could see mm-hmm. that. I could see that, man, because. Uh, He's not a sad sack at all. He's the perfect counter yeah. to, you know, especially in clerks. He's like a he's total just, sociopath. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Just um, so, yeah, it was fun to see him. Um, we cut back to Bethany. She's having a late night meal with Jay and Silent Bob at a diner. And uh, I threw this clip in here. I'm really indulging myself. You understand, man. Like, I just love the dialogue in this movie. It is, it's my favorite yeah. Kevin Smith dialogue. I noticed when one clip ends at 2827 and the next one begins at 2828. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, listen, that's where I'm at with it. I'm like, we're going to take a brief pause and then just jump right in. Um, so we're, we're talking to Jay and Silent Bob with Bethany. And we're figuring out why they show why they're in Illinois in the first place, or Illinois, as Jay says. Yeah. And, oh, and, I, uh, I love the fucking just shitting on John Hughes in this movie. <laughs> like they shit on him so much in this movie, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's, and I love John Hughes, but this is a really mm-hmm. funny bit of, of dialogue. Um, so here's Jay and Silent Bob talking about why they came to Illinois in the first place. Jersey's pretty far from McHenry. May I ask what brought you here? Some fuck named John Hughes. Sixteen candles, John Hughes? You know that guy too? That fucking guy. Made this flick, sixteen candles. Not bad, there's tits in it, but no bush. But Ebert over here don't give a shit about that kind of thing. Cause he's like all in love with this John Hughes guy. Cause that rents like every one of his movies. Fucking Breakfast Club. Where all these stupid kids actually show up for detention. Fucking weird science. Where this babe wants to take her gear off and get down, but oh no, she don't because it's a PG movie. And then Pretty in Pink, which I can't even watch with this tubby bitch anymore. Because every time we get to the part where the redhead hooks up with her dream guy, he starts sobbing like a little bitch with a skin knee and shit. And there's nothing worse than watching a fucking fat man weep. What exactly brought you to Illinois? See, all these movies take place in this small town called Shermer in Illinois, where all the honeys are top shelf. But all the dudes are whiny pussies. Except for Judd Nelson, he was fucking harsh. But best of all, there was no one dealing, man. Then it hits me. We could live like fat rats if we were the blunt connection in Sherman, Illinois. So we collected some money we owed and caught a bus. You know what the fuck we found out when we got there? There is no Shermer in Illinois. Movies are fucking bullshit. When are you going back to New Jersey? Jesus, bro, I asked a lot of questions. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So you do anal? Is it true that chicks fart if you blast them in the ass? <laughs> I didn't ask you out for sex. I'll take head. My man. This is going to sound really bad. I can't believe I'm saying 
hardly been even thinking about this, but I think I should go with you. What, like steady? You want to be my girlfriend? All right, but Sal and Bob is to live with us, and you pay the rent. No, I want to go with you to New Jersey. Really? You're going to lead me somewhere. Me lead you? Lady, look at me. I don't even know where the hell I am half the time. If we're not going to fuck them, what the fuck did you ask us out for? Someone told me I'd meet you and you'd take me someplace I was supposed to go. What the hell are you babbling about? All I know is we saved your ass from some angry fucking dwarfs and now you're telling us we're supposed to take you somewhere so we know what the hell it is? Do you believe in God? Holy fuck. All the fine immoral bitches out in front of that place and we gotta get the one Jesus freak? Let's the fuck out of here. No, wait. I'll scream right. I can pay you. <laughs> pay? bucks for being my guide. You were going to Jersey anyway. All I'm asking is to tag along. I feel like Han Solo, you're Chewy, and she's Ben Kenobi, and we're in that fucked up bar. What about sex? No sex. Alright, so I feel like where Kevin Smith does not get a lot of credit is for his acting. And as a silent character, yep. there's, you know, you don't think of there as being a whole lot to do. But this man's facial expressions crack me up. It's all mm-hmm. about the eyebrows and the wide eyes yeah. and the, you know, if you if you're watching this movie or any of these views universe movies, pay attention to what he's doing. Um, he's he's really coaching Jason Muse through a lot of these scenes because as much as I love Jason Muse, he's not the world's strongest actor necessarily, right. especially early in his career. Um, so he's kind of directing him you know in the scene while he's in the scene and it's it's it works so well man i think it's a lot of why that's become like an iconic duo in uh in pop culture just it's it's like an old school um i don't know there's something like vaudeville about it like it's just it's charming in a weird weird way man yeah Yeah. silent movie like you know so she's going to jersey with these guys and uh Jay's fine with it, but he's like, only if I can drive. <laughs> <laughs> what gear are you in? Yeah, it's that that scene gets me too. They they're he's doing like ninety five miles an hour down a freeway, and they're probably you know, in first gear. In first gear, and she's screaming from the back, like, "What gear are you in?" And he's just like, "Fucking gear!" Like, I don't know what you mean. She's screaming from the back, and the engine's screaming from the front. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he destroys the car and they're stranded in the middle of nowhere. Bethany's fucking over it. She's ready to head home when all of a sudden mysterious man falls from the sky and lands on the road completely naked. And that leads us into this next clip. (laughs) You breaking up with this? Who the hell do you think you are, lady? You can't just go around breaking people's hearts like that. I fell in love with you. We fell in love with you. Guys, I guess just don't fall the fucking sky, you know? <laughs> Beautiful, naked, big titted women just don't fall the sky, you know? <laughs> Best line. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Dude, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we meet our, our next character in the movie, played by legendary stand-up comedian Chris Rock. At Rufus. the height of his career, too. 
Oh my God. Yes, dude. Late nineties. Chris rock is a hot commodity. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, this is before the slap and shit. I was going to say, yeah, pretty slap. So, uh, Rufus played by Chris is actually the 13th apostle <laughs> who's left out of the Bible because he was black. Yeah. And this is one of those instances in which Joe was referring to earlier where I pulled the clip. There's like a 0.2 second break. And I was like, why don't you just play the clip immediately after that? Like, just, we're just going to run it, man. Play this next clip. You're going to get a little Rufus. No heartbeat. You think someone threw him out of a plane with a message written on him like a Con Air? <laughs> Did you ever see that flick? Oh, did that suck? Con Air, Con shit. Kill it, kill it. Sounds familiar? Jesus, are you okay? Yeah, it's Rufus, and yeah, I'm fine. He's a fucking out there, cut his head off! Hey, what I just did gave me a fucking migraine! So if you don't pipe down, I'm gonna yank your sack off like a paper towel! Speaking of which, you're awfully nude. Rufus, is it? Yes, Rufus, it is. Uh, it's usually long, Rufus, but it's a little cold out here, you understand. <laughs> hey, Big Papa, how about lending a brother your coat till I find my own threads? Dude, he fell out of thin air. Dude, this piece can be rubbing inside of your armor. Dude! Yeah, thanks a lot, baby. I'll do my best to tuck it back. You know, it's been a while <laughs> since physics, but I would think the impact with which you hit the asphalt would have liquefied you. You know, death is a worry of the living. The dead, like myself, only worry about decay and necrophilia. Told you he was the undead. Not the undead, the dead. I died. You know, Christ told me the secret to the resurrection once. We were at this wedding in Cana, right? I got drunk and forgot it. Wait, wait, wait. Christ? You knew Christ? No, shit. Nick owes me 12 bucks. <laughs> uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Oh, Holy know. shit. Fucking Chris Rock's the best. The fucking, again... I'm I'm gonna be blowing Kevin Smith this entire movie, but the dialogue, just just to write the words, dude, his piece is gonna be rubbing around <laughs> in your armor. So good. Come on. I'll tuck it, I'll tuck it back a little. It's <laughs> yeah. usually long, Rufus. Yeah, it's cold usually. out. It's a little cold out. So we get Rufus. Um, we get some some comic relief. Chris Rock does an amazing job in this role. He's a an underrated actor when he appears in films, man. He does a really good job. Um, that Jesus line was his. That was, was one of really? the very few ad-lib lines in the movie. Which one? Oh, my God. That owes me 12 bucks. Oh. That was him. Well, that was, yeah. That, that, well, yeah, because I can't see Kevin Smith writing that line. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, there's a line there. That that line cracks me up, dude. That gets me every time. Oh yeah, yeah. That's very Chris Rock. <laughs> so he's he's again the thirteenth apostle. He's not in the Bible because he was black, and he's there because he wants Bethany to help him make some changes to the text. You know, it was, it's it's all about getting his story out there, and he's also you know lets them know that Jesus was black. Like you know, not sure if you know that, but. And and they question like, well, why is he in the Bible and you're not? It's like, well, he's the main fucking character. Like, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't like let that clip play through the whole way. I'm, th that's my version of restraint. Although, <laughs> you know, um, so you know they're they're doing the thing. It's a lot of good dialogue. He also um, he knows things about 
them because he says one of the things that the dead love to do is watch the living, especially in the shower. And one of the things he knows about Jay <laughs> is that he jerks off more than anybody on the planet. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> knows that. Yeah. It's like, well, why are you doing it? You're thinking about guys. And, not and all the time. Not all the time. Yeah, <laughs> not all the time. So they go to a strip club because Jay wants to prove to Bob that he's not gay. Yep. And uh, it's there that the group meet a beautiful stripper named Serendipity. Well, well you, you skipped the scene. Oh, did I? What yeah. did I skip? Uh-oh. A very important scene. Did I? Uh-oh. Yeah. What did I skip? Bartleby and Loki going to movies. Did I skip that? Yeah, because that's for no, the next that's the next clip. Oh, we're getting there. We're get, we're gonna cut there. Don't worry. I'm gonna do one of these fast Star Wars style cuts that Kevin Smith does in this movie. Um, which I don't know if you caught those, but they're so bad they're good. <laughs> um so meanwhile, Ezreal's not happy about the, the hockey kid's failure to kill Bethany, so he decides he's gonna send something far more powerful. We cut back to Pittsburgh where Bartleby and Loki enter the boardroom of Mooby the Golden Cavs production executives. This is a long clip, but it's so, 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 so good. So, Joe, if you want to hit this clip, this is the reckoning of the Mooby's executives. Excuse me. Huh? May I ask what you're doing in my boardroom? You may proceed, Mona May. I'm going to have to start by apologizing. My friend has a bit of a penchant for the dramatic. Oh, come on. Which I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to speak. I'm doing the Golden Calf. Created by Nancy Goldruff, a former kindergarten teacher in 1989. Bought by the Complex Corporation in 1991. Broadcast nationally as the movie Funtime Hour. Since its inception, has spawned two theatrical films, 16 records, eight primetime specials, and a library of price-to-own video cassettes. Not to mention bi-coastal theme parks, dubbed Movie World. Did, uh, did I miss anything, or? You forgot Movie Magazine. Damn it. Now, is there a point to this? You and your board are idolaters. I'm surprised you cut that one there also because next he's about to go through like list everyone's sins and the whole voodoo scene it's a lot but it was also like 10 minutes long so (laughs) he does do that he kind of goes around the table and and puts out on front street what everybody's most terrible secrets are Um, except for one lady she is uh, yeah she's innocent um, so it's, it's very dramatic. It's a very cool scene. It ends with him killing everybody except for her, but he almost does. She didn't say <laughs> bless you when you sneezed, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot of that, like little payoff in this movie where I, I think the first instance of, of it is when, um, Alan Rickman is drinking the tequila and spitting it into the cup yeah. for the whole conversation. Yes. You don't find out until a few minutes later why he's doing it. It's the same thing here. He does this very abrupt sneeze in the beginning of that scene. And five minutes later, he yep. almost kills yeah. this woman. 
takes you back to that moment. He's like, you didn't say God bless you when I sneezed. <laughs> really, really, really fun. Um, so yeah, they, they do the thing, man. They kill all of the idolaters. Um, you know, they don't show any of the violence, which was actually one of the big complaints against this movie by the, uh, you know, the Catholic league and all these protesters and shit. You just see like the blood sort of splash on the, on the movies logo there. Um, it's not over the top. It's more implied. Um, but that's the scene. We go back to uh, the strip club and uh, we get serendipity again, played by Salma Hayek. Mm. And she's giving a sort of uh, theological discussion about everything that's going on. So it's some more plot device stuff, but it's really well done. This is the next clip. And this is Salma Hayek, who, who some people claim not to be able to understand through her accent. This movie, I thought she did a fantastic job. Yeah, This is some of her best acting ever because she's not a good actor. Yeah, well, it's because she had her clothes off for some of it. She did, oh. she did well in this one. Uh, Bethany, uh, serendipity here isn't technically an angel, nor is she by any means a human being like I was and you are. I used to be an abstract. Now I'm really confused. I'm amused, stupid. I can't take much more of this. So you what? Inspire people. What just went down with your friends over there? He doesn't really take amuse to inspire horny retards to empty their wallets. I used to specialize in entertainment. For example, I'm responsible for 19 of the 20 top grossing films of all time. 19? Yeah, the one about the kid by himself in his house, burglars trying to come in and he fights them off. Nothing to do with that one. Somebody sold their soul to Satan to get the grosses up on that piece of shit. Fuck you, John Hughes. <laughs> this movie had a real vendetta against John yes. Hughes, man. Yep. Holy shit. Um, yeah, just a funny bit of dialogue. I thought she did an amazing job with the role. She is a muse, and um, funnily enough, when she went to strike out on her own and become uh, a major player in Hollywood, she got writer's block, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, they attribute to God's sense of humor. Um, so we're in the strip club. All of a sudden, this group is attacked by a demon called the Golgothan, <laughs> which is a demon made entirely out of shit. Pretty much. The shit yep. demon. We don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, yes, yeah, so the mythology here is that this demon is created from the voided waste of the crucified dead on Golgotha. Um it's a it's a cool practical effect. It's basically a guy in a rubber suit, uh, but it looks disgusting. They did a really good job with yeah. the the gross out element of it. Oh yeah, it's uh, you feel like you can a, smell it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They show yeah. a toilet overflowing with shit. Like it's very gross. Um, so this demon, half practical, half CGI. The CGI is a little sketchy. This was a, I believe, a ten million dollar budget on this movie. So they did the absolute best that they could with with that budget. Um, anytime you see CGI in this movie, you got to keep in mind it's 1999. So you're getting um, Star Wars prequel um, levels of CGI, but like divided by 20. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? On a shoestring budget. Yeah. Um, so this demon lays waste to all the people in the club except our heroes. Um, there was like a group of, of uh, gangsters that befriended Jay and Silent Bob yep. and initiated them into the gang, bandanas and all. Um, 
But it's Silent Bob who saves the day with um, some odor eliminating spray. <laughs> oh, he sprays it like just sprays it. Knocks odors. strong odors <laughs> out. Coming in strong with the fucking pun. I yep. love it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, yeah, really, really fun sequence. One of the more action-heavy sequences in this movie. Because again, you know, as a Kevin Smith movie often does, it's a lot of people talking to each other. Um, so that you you get this tense moment, and they're hiding behind the bar, and, and you know, serendipity's like trying to make a Molotov cocktail, sort of while she's explaining what's going on, and it's uh, it's all Bob who just sprays this thing. Um, Why do you keep that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And more pantomime. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing else needs to be said about his brilliant pantomime in this movie. Yeah. Um, so the group continues on the road. Serendipity stays behind to question, interrogate even the shit demon for more info. Um, we cut to Pennsylvania, where Bartleby and Loki attempt to get on a bus, but they're unable to get tickets to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> it's it's not. It's not a celebrated line in this movie, but whoever the girl is who's playing the the ticket taker says something to the effect of like, um, you know, try again tomorrow. Like, don't underestimate the overwhelming draw of the garden state. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which is fucking hilarious. Like, as someone who's lived in New Jersey, I don't know. I just, it tickles me. (laughs) Um, They're then confronted by Asriel and uh, that's my next clip here. It gives you some more juicy plot. Hello. We'd like two tickets to New Jersey, please. Jersey sold out, sir. What? There's one at the same time tomorrow. I suggest you not underestimate the staggering drawing power of the Garden State. There it is. And show a few hours in advance. Staggering Nice. Your hard-on for smiting has prevented us from negotiating what ought to be the relatively simple matter of catching or staying on a bus. Well, bus <laughs> must. Anyway, why, why, why should we fall victim to gravity when we can just as easily rise above? I mean, fly? We got wings, right? Fuck, let's use them. I wouldn't suggest that. You see, kids, you wouldn't want to look like a couple of fairies now, would you? <laughs> Look at this pimp. How'd you get out of hell? I told them I was coming up on a routine possession. Look, I don't have much time. If they figure out my ruse, they'll come looking for me. Hey, what's with bringing us in here? You two fucks are inches away from getting caught. Going around killing people. About to uncase your wings. Don't you have any idea what's going on? Well, we're going home. Oh, really? Are you so clueless as to think you can just waltz back into heaven? Why not? Everybody is looking for you. Both sides, above and below. Orders are to terminate you on site. Really? Why? Because you're pissing people off. That's why. <laughs> Word on the grapevine is that God's pissed off at your presumption, and I know Lucifer's pissed because you assholes might make him look bad by succeeding where he's failed so many times. So they're just going to kill us? They're going to try? That's why you have to travel incognito. Tone down your behavior. Stay off their respective radars. Quit killing people. That's high profile. Oh, lighten up. I still can't believe they want to kill us. Oh, believe it, boys. So there you have it, man. You get some wonderful performance by Jason Lee. And he's basically telling him you guys need to keep a low profile because you are uh, attracting all kinds of the wrong attention here. Um, we cut back to uh, Bethany and Rufus talking on a train. 
about how humanity's got it all wrong. And I apologize for jumping directly into another clip, but this was one of my favorite bits in the movie. It's not particularly funny or slapstick, but it's strangely profound. If you want to hit this one for me, Joe. What's he like? He likes to listen to people talk. Christ loved to sit around the fire and listen to me and the other guys. You know, whenever we are going on about unimportant shit, he always had a smile on his face. His only real beef with mankind is the shit that gets carried out in his name. Wars, bigotry, televangelism. The big one, though, is the factioning of all the religions. He said mankind got it all wrong by taking a good idea and building a belief structure on it. You're saying having beliefs is a bad thing? I just think it's better to have ideas. I mean, you can change an idea. Changing a belief is trickier. People die for it. People kill for it. The whole of existence is in jeopardy right now because of the Catholic belief structure regarding this plenary indulgence bullshit. Barnaby and Loki, whether they know it or not, are exploiting that belief. And if they're successful, you, me, all of this ends in a heartbeat all over a belief. There you have it, man. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a through line in this movie. Um, and it it pays off sort of at the end, but um, yeah, Kevin Smith was something to say, right? Uh, Jay and Silent Bob meet up with with believe it or not, Bartleby and fucking Loki in the same train. I know it's crazy in the dining car, and it's uh, and it's one, a of cool a one of them is a diesel. One of them is a diesel. I like the intro. They're like, we're just kicking it with these suave motherfuckers, and then yeah. they c- cut over to, oh my gosh, Bartleby and Loki. Um, so Bethany and Bartleby actually sort of become fast friends. They're drinking and they're talking and they're, you know, it's a lot of discussion about like why they lost their faith. You know, they're, yeah. you understand as a viewer where each of them is coming from, having been privy to their, uh, their stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Bethany's getting drunk. Obviously Bartleby is not. And uh, not knowing who he is kind of tells, spills the beans on this whole plan to stop these angels and she's not taking it seriously at all well yeah because she's really into this walter peck <laughs> she was because he in fact has no dick no dick he's like a ken doll yep um but she's she's almost laughing at herself like i can't fucking believe i'm doing this i got talked into this i'm buying into this situation how ridiculous does it sound that i'm on my way to new jersey to stop these two alleged angels from entering this church and this is Ben Affleck's maybe best performance in the movie is his reaction to it. Yeah. Because it's a silent sort of change of like, you know, the realization that he's, you know, confronted with this person who is the last scion and who has been charged to potentially kill them. And uh, it's it's a really good bit of acting, man. Like my man chews some scenery in this movie. This is not that. This is pretty subtle. Um, he kind of flips the script and when Rufus walks in, and, and I have to say, too, there's a scene right before this where Rufus sleep is trying to sleep. <laughs> Fucking kills me because he takes his shoe off and uses it as a pillow. And he's the bottom of the shoe. <laughs> and he's, like, caressing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> it's really good. Um, he walks into the train, immediately recognizes Bartleby. And, of course, Bartleby recognizes him as the apostle. Yep. And all hell kind of breaks loose. Um and that's my next clip. (laughs) 
I guess I'm supposed to talk them out of it or something. <laughs> Maybe you're supposed to kill them. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Kill them. <laughs> I mean, even if that were the case, which it's not. <laughs> I mean, how do you kill an angel, Barry? takes off. These guys are fucking flat leavers. Shut his mouth. Dragged that out a little bit, yeah. admittedly. But to get to the fucking Indiana Jones reference at the right? end of this action sequence was worth it for me. Um, it's the first time Silent Bob speaks in the movie, and it's to do a Harrison Ford bit. And that is fucking beautiful to me. Um, he's the one who throws the angels off the train. And there's a sort of innocent bystander sitting there looking yeah. all scared. They pan over to him. His eyes are wide. And, and Silent Bob just... Comes out with the no ticket line. Really Beautiful. great. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on there. There was a lot, <laughs> a lot of uh, eighty-yard funny shit going on. But maybe the line that stole the show was Jay waking yeah, up and saying, "I didn't come, I, Paul. I didn't come in you, Pete." <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> oh my god! They snuck it in there like it's subtle. It's subtle. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh my god, that's good stuff. Um, so for now, they're they're um, they're free from the threat of these angels, um, having thrown them off the train. 
So we cut to uh, this underground parking garage and, and Loki and Bartleby are kind of like having this argument. Bartleby makes this turn as a character. You remember in the beginning of this movie, he was sort of marveling at like the, the strange innocence of humanity and these nice little hallmark moments. And he's, he's a different person now. He's in a completely different state of mind. And, um, you know, he's, he's basically, he's basically saying to Loki, like, not only do we have to stop these people and the last scion, which is a crazy thing for him to do. Like the last scion, of course, is, uh, a big deal. Um, he's just more and more angry about what, what Bethany told him on the train, you know, how they, they were charged Mm -hmm. to stop him. And, um, you know, he goes into this whole diatribe about how, like, how God showed humans more patience than he ever showed the angels. Like, they got the raw end of this deal. It's completely unfair. They should never have been banished to Earth for not agreeing with God's plan. Um, and all the while, humans have this choice. They can choose whether or not. To, like, you know, it's it's just so one-sided. Um, so Loki, being at the brunt of all of this, like, monologuing, starts to tell him like dude you are acting a lot like uh lucifer did and uh you know bartleby's not having it but you see this conflict start to boil over yeah um in this in this monologue at the same time um having left the train because they want to throw bartleby and loki off their trail the group camps out in the woods and Bethany's about had it, man. Like she's been put through a lot real quick. She wants to know why the fuck is it me? Like, why am I being tasked with this bullshit? Could be anybody else. And that's when she kind of learns the truth about herself. And she's the last scion. What that means for her is she's the last living blood relative of Jesus Christ. Which is bullshit because he's sitting here talking to us right now. That's That's true. That's true. Well, at the time, you know, in 99, I mean, maybe Kevin wasn't aware of Doug here. I don't know. I know. I mean, it's a fucking shame. Everyone should be aware of Doug. That's true. The world would be better off if more people were aware of Doug. I agree with that statement. Very true. We're trying. We are trying. We are trying. Hit that Patreon. So, uh, (laughs) you cheap skates. She's, of course, completely overwhelmed by this information. Like it's a lot for her to process and she's, she has a bit of a breakdown. Um, just the classic, like cursing out to God, you know, <laughs> for throwing her fucking fist towards the heaven kind of shit. Um, and then we get a, a really beautiful scene from Rickman, man. When Metatron comes down, he's standing on the water, even though you can see the board, you know, yeah, yeah it's fine. Now. It's fine. It's, you know, $10 million. Can't get a but better I, board. I give them credit. Because when you see that scene, you see the board, but the water is not rippling at all. So I can't even imagine how long they sat there before oh, yeah. they rolled that scene Yeah, yeah just to make wait, sure that wait, water wait. was like a sheet of glass. And then it's, they rolled it. It, so. it was it was well done, you know, for a practical effect. Yes. And you're not looking for it. It looks great. Yep. Um, and Rickman, for my money does some of his best work in this scene because he's really trying to um he he just really feels for her in this moment he you know 
he confesses that this is kind of what he went through when he had to tell Jesus what his role in life was and how he wished he could oh, yeah. take it all back. Um, so, you know, this, this movie doesn't get a whole lot of props when it comes to the acting in it. it none of Kevin Smith's movies typically do. But I got to say, man, this is one of my favorite little bits of Rickman in this scene because you can feel the like the anguish yeah. in him. Um, so it's really, really, really good. Um, he kind of puts her at ease, man. Like he does a good job and it, it, it's an identity crisis thing. So he's like, no, listen, you're still you like that's that's what you need to take away from this. Like this is just some new information, but it doesn't change who you are. Just always be who you were and we're good. This is just like an extra little sprinkle on top. Um, so we then meet up with the others because he doesn't want to be in this fucking swamp. He's like, can we get the fuck out of here, please? They He snaps his fingers and they're at a restaurant in New Jersey and he lets them know some really important information in this next clip. Fuck, man, I think this shit just kicked in. Excuse me, weren't we just in the woods? What are we doing here now? Going out in style. The voice. The apostle. Now, who's this motherfucker? It's the voice of God. Show some respect. Oh, the voice of God. Where's the rest of them? It's funny you should mention that. We're not sure. What? Come on, Apostle. Didn't it ever occur to you that this Bartleby-Loki situation was well within the sphere of his control? Yes, but then why was she tapped? You know those constitutionals he likes to take? Constitutionals? I think we're beyond euphemisms at this point. God's a skee-ball fanatic. The Lord has quite a fancy for the game. He's been playing it for years. He assumes a human form once a month and indulges. Doesn't tell anyone where he's playing. He just goes away for a couple of hours. And from what I understand, he always gives his free points away to neighborhood children. Isn't that sweet? But she hasn't come back from one of these state trips. Is that what you're saying? No, she hasn't. And we've been unable to locate her. He could have been killed. I mean, human form does have that drawback. There's a different sort of foul play afoot, children. Whomever has set the renegade angels on their path and is keeping them quite well hidden is also responsible for the Lord's whereabouts. Were he to be killed in human form, he'd have returned immediately to heaven. Someone knew enough to keep him biologically alive but incapacitate him in another fashion. And as omnipotent as we are above, I have to admit that we're more or less lost without his presence. We've had our people looking everywhere for him. And I tapped her because I thought we might be able to smoke out whoever's behind this, but whoever he is has been clever enough to send some lackeys after you as opposed to showing up themselves. Could it be Lucifer? Not Lucifer. If he was, he'd have made his move by now to conquer heaven. And I know he's not responsible for Bartleby and Loki because he's had just as much to lose by their return as anybody else. So what are we going to do now? Well, I say we get drunk because I'm all out of ideas. Well, why don't we just ask this guy to close the church? I beg your pardon? It's the guy in charge of the church thing. <sighs> Cardinal Glick. <laughs> so they're going to find Cardinal Glick and ask him to cancel the rededication ceremony which by all accounts is a pretty fucking good idea. And it's surprising that no one thought of it except for Jay. Yeah. Um, the group goes to meet up with Cardinal Glick again, played brilliantly by Carlin. Um, 
but he's not buying their shit. And I'm dumping you immediately into the final Carlin clip. attendance is at an all-time low in this country but if we can let them know the catholic church has a little panache we can win them back even get some new ones excuse me fill them pews people that's the key grab the little ones as well hook them while they're young kind of like the tobacco industry christ if only we had their numbers we really appreciate you seeing us this late in the day, Your Eminence. My friends and I have been traveling all night in hope of getting a chance to talk to you about the St. Michael's rededication ceremony. So you're looking to help out in some way, I take it? We'd like you to cancel the ceremony. I beg your pardon? There's going to be a world of trouble if tomorrow's ceremony goes forward as planned. Are you pro-choice? No, no. The trouble's not from us. It's from these renegade angels that have been stuck on Earth since the plagues. Um, <laughs> these guys, they think they're renegade angels. See, Padre, it goes down like this. These guys think that by passing through that archway, they can go straight to heaven. You want me to call off the ceremony for that? Who sent you? <laughs> we were sent by him who is called I Am. Cute. Really cute. But come on, kids. Playtime with the Cardinal is over. Work for Moses. Stay out of this. <laughs> Let's go. Your Eminence, it's not a joke. I'm telling you, man, this ceremony's a big mistake. The Catholic Church does not make mistakes. Please, what about the Church's silent consent of the slave trade? And its platform of non-involvement during the Holocaust? All right. Mistakes were made. But one can hardly hold the current incarnation of Holy Mother Church responsible for the oversights of old. Now, I'm a very important man with very important matters that demand my attention. So if you please. But tomorrow. Tomorrow goes off without a hitch. Do I make myself clear? Neither you nor any other influence short of the hand of God himself is going to keep this thing from going off without a hitch. <laughs> if only we had their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I like how everybody who seems to know God in this movie refers to God as a man, except for Bethany, who doesn't, and says it's a woman. Well, she got the uh, she got the four one one from uh, what's her face from fucking uh, Selma Hayek's character. Yeah, I know, but is like it- Metatron, who is the actual voice of God, keeps referring to God as a man. That's true. Well, you know, he's he's biased. He's and it's non- sort of funny. He's like, he's non dick. Yes, her. <laughs> <laughs> she. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Like, you know, obviously they're playing with, with the sexism and the bias and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just funny because all the people who technically have met God, like, you know, uh, Bartleby and Loki. Um, I don't know if Hazrael ever has or not, but Metatron. I'm assuming maybe the apostle has had some inside information. Well, he only met Jesus. Yeah, but he had inside information from Jesus. Sure, sure, sure. But like, I always like like how they're all like them are saying him, and then like it, she's the one saying her. But then you know, of course, it turns out to be, you know, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen, but also it's said that God is gender fluid, which is, um, if you pull that clip from the show, that's that's where they're going to get us, man. All right, well, I got some gender fluid for you. <laughs> the Catholic League is coming for us, buddy. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. 
there's a line later on where it's like it's you know he's neither man nor woman he's just you know she, he she I don't know it, it, them they whatever um yeah it's uh, it's discussed it's interesting but I think more more than that it's just a commentary on bias you know what I mean I can see that I always just thought it was confusing because the people who actually should know what God looks like always refer to the God as a man in the movie yeah but it's like Gozer dude like yeah. you know it's the same conversation they had in Ghostbusters. It's true. Like Gozer is not a woman or a man. Gozer just chooses a form, you know, whatever Gozer feels like being in the moment. So I think the same applies here. That'd be fun. Um, That'd be a fun power to have. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like I want to be Doug today. <laughs> that would be fun. That yeah. would be fun. Huh, it's not always cracked up to be trust me. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what we learn is basically God, God has gone missing. Um, and also that God is a skee-ball fanatic, which is the funniest line ever written. Yes. Um, and we start to connect the dots. We remember the beginning of the movie when we saw the old man getting jumped by the hockey demons standing in front of the skee-ball. It all, it's all starting to make sense. Um, so now... Oh, and by the way, you know, because Cardinal Glick told him to fuck off in not so many words, um, Jay retaliates by stealing one of his golf clubs. It comes <laughs> important later. Um, so as Bartleby and Loki approach New Jersey, Bethany and the others, they sit in a bar trying to decide what they should do when suddenly Azrael shows up along with his hockey triplets. Yep. Um, this next clip is... Uh, his interaction with the bartender. All right, Plato. Sounds <laughs> like you've had enough already. Let's go. Oh, darn it. Darn Come it. on, barkeep. Just one drink, one for the road, then I'm gone. I was trying to find you to tell you. I figured out who was behind all this. Is that who I think it is? None other than. Who is it? All right. One drink, then you're gone. Give me a... Holy bartender. Never heard of it. He doesn't know how to make a holy bartender. You do, don't you, Muse? Don't. Ah. Anybody? No? Well, I know how to make a holy bartender. <laughs> Get it? Sweet Jesus, Asriel, why? Come on, demon. Let me see you try that shit on somebody who's already dead. Oh, Apostle, you maintain that kind of an attitude, and you and the barkeep won't be the only corpses in the room. The Christ bitch will join you. Are you really that stupid? You do know what's gonna happen if those two jerks enter that church. I'm actually counting on it. And if my calculations are correct, the pawns are moving into checkmate as we speak. <laughs> bartender i get it it's a great one <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good man holy shit um, oh joe the the guy who plays a bartender matthew mayer yeah he's in uh, our flag means death he's black pete yeah he is yeah. Oh, i was trying shit, to figure out where i recognize him from that's it yeah, yeah. oh that's i cool, love that man. show that's a really good show oh yeah it's a great show it's one of the greatest bit parts of all time yes <laughs> yes he's yeah. popping up like i think you've had too much um yeah really funny scene 
So he takes the group hostage after that, and they wait for uh, angels to enter the church and end all of existence. We find out that um, Asriel's cool with this. Anything for him, even the end of existence, is better than going back to hell. So that was his motivation this whole time, and it makes sense. Um, meanwhile, Bartleby and Loki show up at the rededication ceremony. Bartleby gives this very dramatic monologue about how they've all been condemned by God and they must now pay for their sins and blood. Um, Loki's not really on board, man. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's uh, he takes his wings out and, uh, but it's this is Bartleby's show at this point. And he starts slaughtering people with fucking it's it's mayhem. Oh yeah. Uh, so back at the bar. Oh, we also get our our uh, Brian O'Halloran cameo back yep. when they're watching the yeah. news on TV. Um, you know, reporting on all the mayhem at the church. We learn a little bit more about Azrael at the bar. He was once a muse himself, uh, just like serendipity, but he refused to fight in the war between heaven and hell. So he was condemned to hell as a traitor. Um, he spent millions of years trying to find a way to escape, realizing that it's possible, except he discovered this Catholic plan to make the church in Red Bank a passage of forgiveness on that one day. And it's the perfect loophole. So he's orchestrated this whole thing. He sent the article that the angels got in the beginning of the movie. He's just setting up all of the chess pieces so that he can end humanity. Um, he gets he gets kind of fucking into a, a dick measuring contest with Silent Bob because he sees that yep. serendipity's trying to like clue him in on what to do. And he, uh, he he dares him like I dare you to pick up that golf club and fucking hit me. He rips his shirt open, and um, some more brilliant Silent Bob pantomiming with like the, yep. the I don't know, okay, mm-hmm. kind of wide eyed shit. Um, he hits him in the chest, but to his surprise, it actually caves it in, and all this black goop starts coming out, kills him um, because. It turns out that golf club was an instrument of God and was blessed by Cardinal Glick because that's the kind of dude he is. Thinks yeah, it would score. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's it's kind of cool. In the heat of the moment, um, Serendipity tells Bethany to bless the sinks behind the bar because she has uh, got the holy blood in her, and they quickly dunk the three hockey kids' heads in there and they start to boil. Um, it's a funny, it's almost like, like the continuity, continuity era in Jurassic park where the, the Jeep, the glass breaks and then it's not broken and it breaks again. Um, if you look at the stunt people who are holding the heads underwater, they're completely still. And then you cut to Jason Mewes holding the guy's head underwater and he's like all over the fucking (laughs) place. It's crazy. And then they cut again and it's just like this still hand. So, um, so yeah, they dispatch these bad guys and get to the church. Um, when they get there, they find, I'm assuming where they spent like nine of the $10 million of the budget of this movie. Like it is, uh, it's just bedlam. There's bodies and blood everywhere. Yeah. Um, it's an insane scene. And that's actually where we're going to leave it. Join us for part three where we conclude dogma and we uh we really judge this thing from a a holy point of view (laughs) good too welcome back to masters of the cinematic universe 
where we are going to wrap up 1999's classic cult film Dogma by Kevin Smith. Um, we're going to jump right back in. We're at the bloody massacre. The uh, the scene of Bartleby and Loki's kind of retribution on, I should say Bartleby and Loki's mostly Bartleby. Yeah, Loki's yeah. just kind of hanging out. Loki's drunk. He's yeah, he's yeah. lost his stomach for it. For sure, he's just he's a a bystander at this point. Um. So yeah, we're at the scene there, and uh, but they're still hanging out outside. So obviously they haven't gone in the church yet because that would have ended existence and the movie would have been over already. Um, Loki is drunk and his wings are cut off. They're all bloody and shit. He's now just a human. He's just a regular dude. Um, The gang shows up and he and serendipity greet each other like, Oh shit, you look great. Like they're old friends, you know? Um, Bethany kind of confronts him about like, what about all these dead bodies everywhere? And Loki tells him, you know, yeah, it's all Bartleby. Like he just, he's get, he's carried away. Like he just, he's locked into this thing. Um, and it's funny because he was the pacifist. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all, all Loki wanted to do is watch, walk through the uh, archway, but you know, Bartleby went on this, this holy mission. So, um, they killed everybody there and they ran out of ammunition and, and because they ran out of ammunition, Bartleby just started grabbing people and flying into the sky. <laughs> that was turned- the Cardinal. <laughs> Although you can't recognize him. Yeah. 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 But the rosary beads, you can tell. Just dropping people from the sky looking like a PlayStation one cut scene and shit. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> it's pretty great. And uh, it made me laugh too, like the CGI. It, it's not not ideal, but it, it adds something to it. Like it's just, you know. Yeah, yeah I like it. I'm good with know. it. Um, Bartleby comes down from the sky after he throws the cardinal down and he tells him that he was waiting for them to arrive before they went in the church so he can kill them. Um, from a storytelling perspective, I don't know. But like I said, the movie would have been over. Uh, serendipity tries to tell him that Azrael was just using them this whole time, but Bartleby already knows that he doesn't care anymore. Um, he doesn't want to go back to heaven. He, he just finds God's treatment of angels compared to humans unfair. And now he wants to destroy existence, which he feels is a failed experiment. Uh, Loki tries to talk Bartleby out of it. Bartleby is disappointed in him. And stabs and kills his old friend in this tragic little scene. Um, you know, the group jumps on Bartleby, tries to stop him. All of this chaos is happening. And Jay is very aware of what's going on. So he runs with Bethany behind the shelter or something and, and takes it as his opportunity to finally fuck her. Joe, if you want to hit this next clip for me. <laughs> if I can love this. We have about five minutes left to live. The whole world's gonna end. You said you'd fuck me. Pig. Oh, what? Nobody's gonna beat that thing. Now we can either lay here all comatose like that John Doe Jersey bastard over there. We can get make him with the love. What did you say? Make with the love. It's a nice way of saying bony. <laughs> about John Doe Jersey. That guy, the one that won't take off life support, John Doe Jersey, this is where he's at, St. Michael's Hospital over there. Where's the nearest boardwalk? 
Look, I ain't got time to win your prize, now we gotta get to the fucking. Where is it? That's Bay Park, about five miles away. Have you ever been there? Once with this chick, we're about to fuck on the carousel, and I get sick and start puking and suck. Do they have skee-ball there? Yeah. <gasps> mm. That's what I'm talking about. Bethany is able to tie it all together and realizes that this man, John Doe, John Doe Jersey, um, who we heard about in the news, this homeless guy who was beaten to near death. Um, she realizes that that's God because God is a skee-ball fanatic. And um, this person has been on life support. So if she takes him off of it, in theory, God will be able to escape the body and stop Bartleby. Um Jay, of course, has been, has been instructed like to to stall him, so he takes like a mini gun Uzi thing and uh, blows Bartleby's wings off, which is exactly what he wanted because it just makes him human. And once he's human, he can re-enter heaven. Once he dies, goes through the the doors and stuff. Um, Silent Bob takes Bethany to the hospital, and she unplugs the man's life support system, which releases God. From the body, however, the force of God's spirit exiting the body is so powerful on some fucking raiders of the lot. You know, like yep. it, it, it yep. gives her a gash in her belly, um, you know, similar to the wound that Christ received on the cross. Um, close your eyes. Like, you know, it's a wonderful little special effect. Um, Bartleby runs to the doors of the church just as God is escaping this body only to find God herself played by Alanis Morissette. All anus Morissette. All anus. And the Metatron standing beside her at the door. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? A little too ironic. And yeah. You ought to know though. You ought to know. It's like 10,000 spoons. All you need was a knife. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Doug is not amused. He's like, shut the fuck up. I'm just letting it go. Yeah. Um, He's over there acting all Dave Coulier. No. <laughs> wow. Well, what'd you go wow. down on you in the theater, Doug? I don't I I asked, but it didn't happen. Yeah. You, you even cut the little hole out in the bottom of the popcorn. Popcorn. Are, are you yeah. perverted like me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bartleby sees God and realizes that he's failed. He starts to sort of sobbingly apologize. And you get the impression that like she understands, you know. Silently. Yeah, I, I think so. I think she forgave him. Yeah, yeah. Like right then and there, and yeah. he realizes it. Yeah, more. Alanis Morissette does a lot with, you know, it's the Silent Bob school of acting and stuff. Like she doesn't say anything. Yes. But you know, her facial expression says a lot, and you feel the love, you feel the forgiveness. Um, Metatron then tells everybody who isn't dead or from another plane of existence to cover their ears. They do it for Jay because he doesn't know what's going on. So they <laughs> cover his head yeah. and uh, God speaks. And of course, God's voice is too much for anyone to bear. So Bartleby's head fucking explodes. All scanners like. Um, Another good yeah. movie. 
Yeah, another good movie, Scanners. Yeah. And that, you know, that's really, that saves the day. Existence, as we know it, is saved. Everyone is happy. <laughs> Everyone's happy except for Jay. Yeah, because um, he was going to get laid. He was going to get laid. He doesn't know what the fuck is happening. Play this next clip for me. This is a wonderful bit of acting from Mr. Jason Mewes. Oh, I, this is my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Get off of me. I want to see what's up. What the fuck is this shit? Who the fuck are you, lady? Why the fuck did you hug my head? Quite a little mouth on him, isn't there? What the fuck is this, the piano? Why ain't this broad talking? I believe the answers that you seek lie within my companion's eyes. What the fuck <laughs> does that mean? Has everyone gone fucking nuts? What the fuck happened to that guy's head? <laughs> I want some... Okay, so that that moment is wonderful. But it's even better if you know this little bit of trivia. And that's that Kevin Smith wasn't particularly happy with the takes. So on the take you heard, he said, do it like Daffy Duck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you get. And it, and if you listen to it, that context in mind, it's completely Daffy Duck. Yeah. It's perfect, yes. man. What the fuck is that? What the fuck happened to this? It's like, it's just. He's so fed up. It's so that, good, man. And that, what the fuck is this? The piano? I, <laughs> that's my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah, that's so good. Man. And so I, good. I read today in the trivia that that line was kept in there because originally Holly Hunter was supposed to play God. Oh, oh shit. In the piano. Shit. And, 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 but Kevin Smith kept that line in there because <laughs> it's just so obscure and so fucking funny and so perfect given the outfit that Alas Marset's wearing. Like yeah. It's so appropriate. What the fuck is this, this piano? <laughs> I just lose it every time I think I think of that one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's he really had a moment to shine there. He did not drop the ball. No, yeah. no, he wasn't high on heroin when he did that yeah. scene. He he was he was fully there. Yes. Um Bethany wakes up um because God heals her. You know, she she sort of undoes all un undoes, undoes all of the uh, mayhem and heals Bethany and um, presses backspace on her fucking abdomen wound and we we heard that outburst there she uh, God kisses Jay on the cheek which shuts him up and he faints um, you know Bethany gets this moment to kind of thank God for everything and her restored faith and that's actually the last clip that I have I know it's been oh, clip heavy by the way, some more freaking cameo bullshit with Alanis Morissette. So obviously he she came onto the scene, Jagged Little Pill. Everybody knows her from that. She was a pop singer in Canada before that. She she was a Britney Spears type pop singer. She was also on You Can't Do That on Television. The well, that's what show. I was gonna say. That's the first time I ever saw her because I used to watch that show. Yeah. I was an adult, but because that show came on Nickelodeon in yep. 1981. So I mean, I was just graduating high school when it first came on Nickelodeon was new and she was on that for a couple of years in 86 and 87 yep so that's where I remember her from too yeah I did not yep. know that oh, did yeah. you didn't know that no it was huge she was big and I mean because that's what started her career that started her career yeah, as you can't do a pop singer like huge Britney Spears type pop singer and then 
like sort of disappeared a little bit and then I really wish I had a bucket of green slime and dump on Irvin over saying I don't know (laughs) (laughs) don't dump your slime on me you motherfucker right um no, now I'm going to hit YouTube and look for this shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it, also, it was a funny fucking show. I can tell it, Eric it was, didn't know that show because the whole gimmick was anytime anybody said, I don't know, a bucket of green slime would drop on them. Right. It was See? where the whole thing came from. It was a Canadian yeah. It was a, it was a Canadian sketch comedy show. So it was like the precursor to all that. Okay. It was a sketch comedy show, and it was Canadian. So it was on in Canada from 79, and Nickelodeon picked it up in 81, and it ran... Through eighty nine, I think. No, it couldn't have been eighty one. Not only Nickelodeon existed until eighty two. All right, so whenever, maybe it was eighty two. Then it was whenever Nickelodeon started. Yeah, that I was think. one of the first shows it so had on. I just watched on, this I, thing on Nickelodeon. I guess I think it no, was, was seventy nine. Damn, I thought it was well. It that. started in seventy nine, but it wasn't on Nickelodeon. It was in Canada. Mm-hmm. Canadian show. So it was it was broadcast in Canada starting seventy nine. Okay, and whenever Nickelodeon sense. started eighty one or eighty two. They they started rolling it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And she was on 86 to 87. Doug, you got to keep in mind, I was born in 85, man. So. Yeah, but well, I, I watched get, this when I was a kid. I remember I was watching show. TV at two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a different time. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It, it aired in the United States in 81. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look at this shit, man. I'm going to look it up. I used to love this show. Episode. There was someone else that was famous in the show, too. Um, I forget the girl's, the main girl's name. Yeah. Uh, blah, fucking uh, cast. Yeah. <laughs> there was like another person that like became like really another big. Day, another Doug. <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean to do it. I was actually trying to type the words. You can't do this on television. Not remembering that my keyboard was tied into my soundboard. Oh, shit. <laughs> so if you ever hear something that's completely out of context on this show, it's it's because I'm an idiot. Yeah, but I was mentioned, so it's it's always in context. That's good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see anyone else that like I'm recognizing off the, yeah. off the bat, but I thought there was someone else in that show that turned into someone big. Yeah, I don't remember. It could be all that crew. You could be thinking all that. I might be. Th- I know all that had a lot uh-huh. of... Oh, yeah. All that definitely Half, had, had half of them are all nuts now but you know <laughs> yeah they they were crazy listen yeah. childhood stardom is really good for you I psychologically I, you yeah apparently it is um so, so anyway. listen the the metatron then reveals that bethany is pregnant um through the miracle of god's healing touch and she takes uh, rufus and serendipity with her into heaven um as the film ends bethany tells jane silent bob that she's going to be a mother and that uh, they can't have sex. But Jay replies, it's safe until the third trimester. Yeah, he does that. My boy, my man. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. That's dogma. That is one of, uh, one of Kevin Smith's most creative early works. And with that said, there's something we got to do. Well, we're not playing this last clip. Oh, do I have a last clip? Bethany talks to God, the Indian of the movie. Oh fuck! What a what a my god! That's that we call it edging in the business. <laughs> I give you all these claps wow. the whole episode, and then the last one, I'm like, uh, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. No, we'll give it to you. Thank you for I don't know everything. God, there's 
a million things I wish I could ask you. Most of it all questioning what I'm sure is your great plan, and that would be really arrogant of me, I know. But there is one I need to ask, and I'm sure you get it all the time. How many opportunities like this will I ever get? Why are we here? She was funny. Over? I think I'm now burdened with an overabundance. When it rains, it pours. Are you saying you believe? No. But I have a good idea. Yes. Ooh. The man was right about you. Now I'm gonna go home and tell him so. And if you clean up your language, I just might put in a good word for you, too. Thanks. Why don't you name the kid after me? <laughs> Rufus. Should have been Doug. <laughs> right? Stop. Hey, you guys want to hear something sick? I got half a stock when she kissed me. Jay! I couldn't help it. The bitch was hot. You know, you can't talk to me that way anymore. I'm gonna be somebody's mother. You're pregnant? You're already pregnant when we're gonna have sex with the third trimester. I'll keep that in You knew I wasn't going to edge you for real, right? <laughs> Give me the last clip. To completion. And that, ladies and gentlemen, truly is Kevin Smith's dogma. And on this show, we aim to rate the movies we talk about, so that leaves us with one thing to do. I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, Rent the classic! 
Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. If the movie stinks, just don't go. You love me. You really love me. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Are you not entertained? We were entertained. At least yes. I think so. Yeah. Joe, what do you think of Dogma? I've always been a Kevin Smith fan, as long as I can remember, since I was in probably high school, middle school. <clears throat> Whenever Clerks came out, um, I was right on the right from the very beginning a fan. Um, Dogma's always been top two movie for me from this franchise. I love all the characters in it. I love the ridiculousness of it. I love loopholes. I love I don't know, just a lot of stuff about this movie just really resonates well with me. Um, I know I like it for different reasons than you like it probably, but I just think it's a good movie. It has a good story that you know goes through and. A lot of funny, good moments in it. Uh, so, for me, it's rewatchable. It ranks pretty high uh, because of all that said. I probably will go like a 4.3 on it. Ooh, that's a high score, man. Yeah, I really like this movie. I like that. Strong, strong. I agree with you, man. Doug, where where'd you land on Dogma? Where did I land? Well, I mean, as we talked about earlier, I already said it's my second second favorite Second, did I say second or third? I don't remember. Whatever, it's up there as far as Kevin Smith movies go. Um, I love it for the same reasons Joe loves it. When it was available to watch, fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. It was one of those when it's on, I'll watch it movies. I mean, yeah. so I've watched it a lot, but that it hasn't been around since 2008. So it kind of sucks in that sense. Um, I don't even own a DVD or a Blu-ray player, so I <laughs> find an old copy and watch it. But yeah, it hits home with me probably for some of the reasons it does with you too, Eric. On on that you know philosophical level as well. Yeah. Um, I am going to match Joe's score. It's a four point three for me. Nice. Oh, man, that's good. Yep. That's fucking really good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, <laughs> shit. Well, I'll I'll leave you guys with my um my final thoughts. Who was that guy? Fucking Jerry Springer. My Jerry Springer yeah, final, final thoughts. thoughts exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kevin Smith movies meant a lot to me growing up, man. That like I wore all those VHS tapes out. Um, the movies we talked about, Clerks, Small Rats, Chasing, Amy, Dogma. Um, they meant a lot to me for like a lot of the reasons people talk about. But the big one was like I saw myself in those movies. Um, they were like one of my first clues that there were other people out there who were like me who liked the things I did, who revered the things I did. And they they felt like punk rock records. Like they were sort of underground. They yep. were sort of misunderstood, but like really adored by like those people who were in the know, you know? Right. Um, so they were like, they were really formative. Um, and, and this guy's entire career, dude, I find myself inspired as an adult. I mentioned Tusk earlier in the, in the podcast. Um, that's a bit of a sleeper, but that guy's like entire creative journey. Like he was on a podcast marveling at this bonkers, true story and what an amazing movie it would make. And then he realized like, Hey, nobody else is going to fucking ever make this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, so why 
shouldn't I make it? And it became this like philosophical thing, like this purity of making art because it's the art you want to see in the world. And it's not going to exist unless you make it. Um, that was huge. Inspired me as a creator in, in like immeasurable ways. It inspired, it helped shape my worldview in a lot of ways. Um, you know, a, a lot of times the only thing keeping you from doing the things you really want to do is you. And if you can get like the fuck out of your own way, you can create something beautiful, something that some guy will uh, blow on a podcast one day. <laughs> yeah. So I love Dogma. I love how creative and silly and smart and funny it is. Um, I grew up Catholic, so I was intimately familiar with with like how somber and righteous that faith is. And it's a faith that in reality is really kind of fucking silly. <laughs> Um, Kevin Smith highlights that silliness in a way that doesn't feel mean spirited. Um, it just feels kind of like gentle and, um, it's a reminder that we don't really know a whole hell of a lot. And that belief is dangerous when it can't be changed by evidence. It's a fun movie. It's beautifully crafted with, uh, not a whole lot of resources. I've wasted so much air talking about it. I got to give it a 4.4. All right. right. 4.4 4.4 really really nice. beautiful movie we're all and kind then, of in agreement on this one i think so man i think so that's got to put it in the upper echelon of motcu films yeah uh gotta be top 20 okay i can't find it now i think it's gonna be top 10 i'm so tired i can't find it <laughs> but yeah it's top 15 there we go definitely well, even though it's hard to do oh, these top, days. Actually, top, sorry, my mistake. It's top 25. Okay, that's still, you know, listen, yeah. we've done Goodfellas. And <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. 66 movies, 65 movies now, 66 yeah. movies. Well, I was basing it on where Office Space came in last week, and I know Office Space overall had a higher score, and that was yeah, in the yeah. 15. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we're on the same page. It's a really, really good movie. If you haven't seen it, Again, it is kind of hard to track down these days because of, uh, you know, the rights issues and the yeah, it's really hard to get the and... prisoner at release form signed and everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to get a conjugal uh, visit in order to get it done. <laughs> get conjugal visits? You don't get conjugal visits, do you? It's federal pal me in the ass penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lied to me. Um but if you can track a version of it down online, I'm, I'm sure someone's thrown it on YouTube at this point. Mm -hmm. um, it's worth a watch. And uh, yeah, there you have it. Next time you, you join us on MOTCU, I think we're going to be talking about what? What are we doing next time? I don't know. I want to go fast, though. You want to go fast? I want to go fast. Yeah. And if you, you ain't first, first or last. last. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doug's still debating on whether or not he actually nah, wants to No, I do think that. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do you like right. do you like crips? What? Do you like crepes? Crepe? Oh yeah, crepes. Say you like crepes. You like crepes? You could say that it's just those. It's like those thin pancakes. Oh, I like those, but I can't say. But it. I'll never say it. <laughs> so fucking <laughs> stupid and funny at the same time. No, I mean that's another movie that is the the it's quotable and it, yep. it's quoted in my house and. It's so many good. different forms all the time. Don't yeah. put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I We're talking about Talladega Nights. I'm doing Talladega Nights. Yeah. In keeping with theme with this movie, the 
prayer scene in Talladega Nights. Oh, I always felt oh, very, very it's so close. good. Uh, I'm gonna uh, come at you like a spider monkey. I prefer my <laughs> Jesus to be a baby Jesus. Baby Dear Jesus. sweet, yeah. innocent, newborn baby Jesus. Yeah. Come uh, at me, Chet. Jesus. I'll whoop your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Join us next time as we dig into that. And uh, we have some people to thank before we go. Yeah, we do. Oh, boy. Mm. I didn't have it ready. Uh oh. Right. I just want this done. You people don't matter to me. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> What do you no, mean, you people? I love you people. I love the people on this list. We're talking about our Patreon members. They give us money every month, every month, hard-earned money, and they give it to us because they like the job that we do. So we'd appreciate it if you felt the same way. A buck a month, that's all we're even looking for. dollar a month. We'll, we'll read your name every episode, and we love you. So here we go. We've got Hannah Christ, Peter Bianco, for me, Tone Jerks, the Second Button Podcast, and the Off the Rails Podcast, Brian Gower. Our co-host on the Just Surprise Me Podcast, as well as the Sharing Maps Podcast, Will Leahu. From the Single Path Podcast, the Texas State Boggle Champs Podcast, and the Texas Size 10 Podcast, Mr. Tony DeGraw. From the great state of Tennessee, Mr. Michael McVeigh. Next is Mr. Adam El Sayed. And we have Michael Van Zant. And last but definitely not least, Mr. Yu. G-Rection, thank you, Mr. Action. Thank you, indeed. We'd also like to thank... Mo, Mo, Mo. Show sponsor, Mo DeWitt, DeWitt Law. Mo, 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 JustCallMo.com. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have legal questions, just call Mo. On a serious note, if you get into a car accident or you have something fucked up happen to you, be really scary confusing time and a lot of the time your first instinct is not the right one um make sure you reach out to mo and he can help you through that that um you know that unsureness like it's just a it's a lot to handle man and the last thing you need to be worried about is is uh you know the stuff that mo worries about so reach out to mo he gave lots of cool stuff away at the BDM event, by the way. I had some Mo Sun. Hold on a second. I saw. That was a fucking. That's a Mo. So great. Yeah. Sunglasses. <laughs> Those are awesome. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, yeah. If you go to justcallmo.com, there's some free and cheap stuff, and he I will love send that it to you. Mo wearing sunglasses. Sunglasses. It's the Moception. Like, it's. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right, well, that's it for us. We we truly only have one thing left to do, and that's to say. Lights. <laughs> what did, hold on, why did that turn me on a little bit? I don't know. Fuck off. <laughs> this episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. And be sure to check out Monday Morning with Mo every Monday morning on Facebook Live with free answers to your legal questions. Injured in a car accident or dealing with personal injury? Mo can also help you with a workers' compensation case if you're injured on the job. I don't live in Florida, but Mo would be my go-to if I did. And the best part is they take all accident cases on a contingency fee basis. This means that they will take on your case put up all necessary funds to build your case as strongly as possible, and they only get paid if they're successful in obtaining a settlement for you. 
There's no fee or obligation to ask about your cases, so contact Mo today. And make sure to follow Mo DeWitt just for his incredible promotional work. He's he's a man after my own heart. So many pop culture and film references. I've done art for Mo where he's portrayed as Indiana Jones, Charlie Brown, Frosty the Snowman, Zach Morris, Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if I'm allowed to say any of that. That's a uh, that's a legal question. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Done.